The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. Now, we've gone through plenty of times the 42 confirmed factors that influence your blood sugar. These are things that we can control. These are things that we can't control. These are hormones, normal bodily functions, stress, movement, all these different things. But when you actually look closer into them, the things that we can control, i.e. our insulin, our movement, the food we eat, the water we drink, the time we go to bed, all these different things, the things that we can control essentially come down to our decision around those things. What I mean by that is because we know food will have an almost immediate and direct impact on our bloods, the decisions that we make around the food that we eat can either have a positive or a negative impact on our bloods. So when we are aware of the decisions that we can make around these 42 different factors, the ones that we can control, that's when we can say to ourselves, right, I have the ability to a certain extent to make quote unquote good or bad decisions around these different activities or aspects each day to benefit my management. The best way for me to look at it is from my own perspective, if I compare a good day of bloods to a bad day of bloods, vast majority of the time, what I'm doing or what I'm not doing on a good or a bad day is very, very different. So on a good day, let's say my bloods are 80, 85, 90% time and range, I would consider that a good day. The chances are on that good day, I am making the decision to move more, to exercise, to drink water, to accurately carb count each meal, to pre-bolus, to prioritize my sleep the night before, all of these things that essentially I have a decision to make around. Now, on a bad day for me, of course, things that I can't control can have an impact like being super stressed, maybe a higher morning rise from foot to floor or dawn phenomenon, whatever it might be. 
But the vast majority of the time, when I have a bad day, blood sugar wise, it will come down to the decisions that I made or the decisions that I didn't make. So if I have a bad day, I know that I probably didn't move. I probably didn't go to the gym. I probably ate at random times. I was probably stacking insulin. I probably didn't carb count accurately. I probably didn't drink as much water as I should. So when I can identify the difference between a good and bad day, I'm able to say then, okay, what are the things that I did on a good day? Or what are the things that I didn't do on a bad day? And this is actually something that we went through. So the clients that I work with one-to-one, we do a weekly Zoom call and we go through kind of questions to cover or a different topic, whatever it might be. And last week we looked at how to analyze your own blood sugar reports. And with that, we went through how good and bad days can be subjective. My good may be different to someone else's good. My bad may be different to someone else's bad. But when we know for ourselves that, right, a good day for me is 70, 80, 90% time and range, whatever that is. When I know what that good day is, I then know the decisions that I can make around it. And what I always emphasize and what I will continue to emphasize is the fact that our time and range or the number that we see on our blood sugar monitor or however we check our blood sugar is not just a number. Yes, it could be high. Yes, it could be low. Yes, it could be in range. But it's what that number actually means that is that makes it so important. And I know that if I check my blood sugar and my bloods are 15, it's not just the number 15. That to me means my bloods are high. That to me means I'm probably in a bad mood. I'm probably more irritable. I don't have as much energy. I can't perform as I would like on a run or the gym. Or if my bloods are low, that proves that I probably need to sit out for 20 minutes, you know? So having an idea of what you feel is good and what you feel is bad then lets you understand, right, what do I need to consistently do to have a good day? And look, we've gone through it plenty of times in this podcast before about how when you have a quote-unquote good blood sugar day, you feel completely different. You're in a better mood. You have more energy. You're not as snappy. You can concentrate and focus more. It's not just a number. It's what that number signifies to you. When you were on that call, um, roughly how many people were on it? Uh, I think it was about 10 or 11. So, yeah, 10 or 11, because a lot of people are on either different time zones or... Yeah working late or whatever it might be. So 10 or 11. And did everybody have a different idea of what good was to them and what bad was to them? Was everyone's good and bad different? Yes. Could you give you a few examples? For you, obviously, you have a very, 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 very high standard. And I suppose you probably don't allow for much error in terms of where you like to have your bloods. But would other people be a little bit more lenient as in their life wouldn't revolve so much around training as you do how did it work out on the call yeah absolutely so one that comes to mind is one of the girls that i work with a standard for her or or a, or a typical blood sugar day or week for her recently would have been about 30 percent. now 
over the last 14 days, because she's been implementing certain strategies and tactics around her bloods and her routine, she's increased that by 28% in over a 14-day period. Now, that's a massive increase yeah. over a 14-day period. So her seeing that success, which is an unbelievable achievement in 14 days, 28% increase, that might be slightly different to somebody else's increase of a 5% from 85% to 90% in a week. So that's why I always say how important it is not to compare yourself to other people's blood sugars. Mm -hmm. And you hear that with all sorts of walks of life. Like don't compare yourself to people who are doing different things to you. And don't compare yourself to people who are doing the same thing as you because they could be further along the journey that they're on. So somebody who has been diabetic for 10 years, let's say somebody's been diabetic for 10 years, and only last year they've really looked at honing in their management. They've really started to prioritize it. Their management could be very, very different compared to somebody who is diabetic for five years. But for those five years, they've really prioritized it. So it's important that you don't compare yourself to other people's blood sugars. Thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. And if you want to listen to the full episode, you can check it out in the description. Chat to you soon.